We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of the Parkinson Spiegel Show, live at the 2023 Cubs convention on 670 The Score. In Odyssey Station. are back. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. We are expecting David Ross ahead of Jed Hoyer. We are ex- we believe that David Ross is on his way. I think that these hundreds of people that are kind of around and they're waiting to get into the grand ballroom and they're kind of like tolerating the show, I, I assume that they're going to be much more excited and engaged when David Ross, the fourth most handsome manager in Major League Baseball shows up. Did you see that he got ranked fourth? No, I did not yeah. see that. Yeah. Who, were the, who was ahead of him? That's a good question. Can you research that, Shane? Who was ahead of David Ross on the most handsome managerial uh, list, please? I just want to mess up your uh, Google algorithm. I realize that what this looks like to me, I think you, you called it pretty well there, so that they're anticipating something bigger than what is in front of them, and we are what's in front of them. But this looks to me like the beginning of a marathon, where people are, st- are piled all the way, and they're just waiting for the tape to be cut so they can get backstage. Yes. Oh, wait, wait, are they allowed backstage? <laughs> no, no, they're not allowed backstage. Oh, okay. they're, they're allowed in to the, to, to the ballroom. They're allowed in to go and, uh, and, and, get, and get their seats. But it's, uh, it's going to be fun. I, mean, I'm, like, I realize we haven't heard a ton from David Ross yet on the new players. Right. Right? So that's, a, that's an obvious place to go. And uh, it's the type of thing... No, hey, give, hey we'll, t- we'll take that list. We actually do want that list. So, yeah. Oh, you've got it? All right, never mind. They're okay. going to figure it out. Oh, he was going to get the list? He, okay. It doesn't matter. They'll, we'll Thank we'll you, get sir. it before we have David Thank you. Ross. We've got, we've got 35,000 producers out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, oh, you guys need something? Yeah, yeah, it's got- then- Buck Showalter, number one. Buck, number one. Rob Thompson, number two. Is that a real person? Yeah. Tori Lavulo, number three. Oh, and then David yeah, he's Ross. Hot. He's hot. Terry um, Lavulo. Are, are you serious about number one? Buck Showalter? Really? That's a a questionable list. And how about this? Pedro Pedro Grifol, 25. Oh, disrespect. He's one of the most handsome men on the planet, in my opinion. Well, that goes Check out Bourbon and a Buddy, by the way. Shane Reardon, you can search it on YouTube. He did a great uh, 30-ish minutes with uh, Pedro Grifol. It got him very, very... um, Drunk? Drunk, yeah, yeah, and loose. And it wasn't just the bourbon. It was good interviewing. Who did the list? The uh, yard barker. Yard barker. That's a good. That's a good institution. The yard barker. All right, okay. so we'll we'll talk to we'll talk to David Ross uh, about about uh, which one of those guys is more handsome. Yeah, than. I think that's where we start. I think yeah. that sounds like a good starting. <laughs> I, think, point. I think that's a good starting point. <laughs> yeah. For our, because yeah. I mean, sure, we could talk to him about Dansby Swanson yeah. and expectations. Right. But anybody can do and that. And everybody will do that. And tonight. everybody will yeah. do that. But and then. Is Jed? Where's the GM ranking? That's a good. He, he's got to be. He's got his boyish good looks. That well, Theo took a lot of that stress, mm-hmm. and now he's it's like now that he's got the top job, is it like a president? Does he feel himself going gray? Does he feel himself aging? Right. I mean, I think he actually. I think Jed has a little bit, but I think that makes him look like a better executive. You know what I mean? Sure. Like because he's in good shape, you get a little bit of the the cool executive silver hair going on. That's right. That's a good look. Yeah. That's a respectful look. It is. Respect the bull. 
respectful and respectable. I think so. I think yeah. they would both work. It's, it's, right pro there. it's probably both. And the thing, uh, you know, David Ross is in a very interesting position because the Cubs swear by him. They they're, they are just on the record, off the record. They, they are, we have our manager. He is a great manager. And I believe him to be a good manager, but I don't, I don't feel like I've got a great framework to judge that at because it's not like we've seen him in a bunch of high leverage close situations for games that matter for a team that's in contention except for his first year and that was it yeah that so, was it so it's yeah. just it's kind of hard and but that team there was so much going on oh, and plus it was a shortened season so yeah. that that's you know an outlier yeah so it i i personally struggle to to me he has all of the, like the personality traits of it uh Tough love, tough confrontations, but ability to relate to the players. Seems to have a great relationship with the front office. Uh, doesn't create negative headlines uh, when in the media. And people are like, oh, Parkins, you don't care about press conferences. In baseball, you kind of have to. The manager talks more than anybody else in sports. They talk before every game, after every game, to the network, to MLB network. To you know, they, the guy, David Ross probably does 500 interviews a year. When you, when you really think about it. So not stepping on any of those landmines is absolutely a skill in and of itself. But now managing with expectations, managing with resources, it's going to be kind of fun to evaluate David Ross, the manager, with a team that's, you know, based on the owner, the goal is to win the damn division. Yeah, I mean, we make the same comp with the Bears. If you look at them this year, it's impossible to evaluate their coaching staff. And that's kind of the way it's been with the Cubs, except for, like we said, the one season. And I'll tell you what, like, I think we knew he was going to have all of the, the, the background stuff, the relationship stuff, all of that down, the popularity stuff. But he's also a guy who knows how to work with a pitching staff. So in theory... He should be really good at having a gut for each of these pitchers, and especially as he gets more talent in that rotation. And guys like Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson continue to develop that we could see some real stuff out of David Ross, and not just planned stuff for these guys. Like, we're going to stretch this guy out today. We're going to keep that guy down today. Like, see them really try to win games, and that's where it's going to open up for Ross. Yeah, I think that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fun, man. He He's going to... For all the relief innings that they had last year, you know, second half of the year, they've talked about it so much that, you know, finishing 40 and 31, but they were out of it. So how big are any of the games when you're not really playing for anything? The expectation after the offseason and the finish to last year and just the nature of a growing impatient fan base is going to be to win. There will be scrutiny on managerial moves on opening day you know on games in march and april and may and especially given how many pitchers they have and i would imagine how many pitching decisions he's going to make because he doesn't have a bunch of workhorses that are going to go again i don't know that they'll lead the league in relief pitcher uh appearances again i don't think any team wants to do that by design but you should see some like fairly unconventional stuff and he he's got a very good relationship with the front office and the front office kind of manages these games. They always establish a plan ahead of time. He's in a, he's in a spot where at the end of this year, we're going to know a lot more about David Ross, the manager. Can't wait, too. I mean, I, I like that, that there should be expectations that we yeah. don't have to think about. Like, I mean, there were some really bad moments for the Cubs last year. It ended up being, I mean, they were of on track for a while to lose 100. They ended up 74 and 88. But you're absolutely right. I mean, th this year is a year to be reckoned. Even if they're not, even if the Cubs 
are not actually like they they have a plan when they should be winning. If even if that's not in their plan book this year, there will be that scrutiny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man. So I just saw a Jake Arrieta jersey go past, and that makes all the sense in the world, right? Arietta was unbelievable. Oh my God! What's the weirdest yeah. jersey that you've seen today? Have you seen anyone? Because uh, I, like, I I like the Rowan Gardner. You know, I get I, it. Like I, I, I was a rookie. I was a rookie of the year kid. So I, I get. But I personally would rather have a Chet Stedman. My my favorite of the day actually was the the Sam Mustafer uh, one that we, that came the up Max Mustafer yeah, yes. Sam Mustafer yeah. yeah we had somebody that wanted Danny and I to autograph their Sam Mustafer jersey so oh oh and and we have oh man we got Pedro Strope coming in Pedro Strope what's is up coming Pedro up. how you doing man yeah, yeah give it up for Pedro Strope come on this is the guy with the most holds in the history of the Cubs organization, ladies and gentlemen. Y did you see what we just did, Danny? We just put our, our rings together. Did you see that? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. See, now here's, here's one of the key differences between Pedro Strobe's World Series ring and Mark Grody's World Series <laughs> ring. Pedro, um, you earned yours. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't think I was a broadcaster on that team. He thinks I didn't earn the, the ring, Pedro. We did it for you. We did it for you guys. Yeah, yeah, you did it for all of us. I mean, you don't yeah. you don't think it's a little funny when when a guy like that wears a World Series ring? You don't think that's a little funny? I mean, it could be funny, but also I feel really glad because I just said it. I, we did it for for all. Yeah, fans, for all them, the fans everybody. Here. Yes. Yeah. See, there's a fan right there rocking a yes, fan sir. a you fan see? World that's Series. That's what I'm ring. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is this, man? To to be back and all all the Cubs fans, they they love you. You are a you are a fan favorite. Yeah, man. I feel I feel so glad um, the, that the Cubs invited me to this type of stuff, which I really liked it a lot when I played for the Cubs. And uh, like I say, I'm I'm Cubs forever. And uh, <laughs> when they ask me if they, if I want to do this, I say, of course. It's, it's always a pleasure to be to come over to Chicago and interact with the fans and everybody see faces that we haven't seen in a long time so uh, I'm so happy to be here Pedro first of all you smell great you smell like a million bucks <laughs> you weirdo yeah, I, no you just very noticeable you smell great as you sat down and so I just wanted you to know that whatever it is it's working for you is it a little bit strange, though, to have come to these things as a player and get having us ask you about expectations and what, what happened last year, and now here you are, you get to just be Pedro Strope and be totally relaxed. Is that a little bit strange to be on this side of You're a fan right now, right? It, it, feels, it feels weird, I've got to be honest, because um, I want to be in the same place where you guys ask me about the expectation instead of... Uh, be here as a fans, but if I have to be a fans, I'm gonna be a good fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. Are, yeah. are. are you? Are you officially retired? Have we? Have we conceded? Have we conceded that baseball is behind us? That's a good question. I'm not retired. Uh, there it is. We have a big yet. announcement. I, I pitch in Dominican and Dominican winter ball, and I feel like I can get I can get people out still, and I still got a lot in the tank and. I'm chasing for opportunity to get back in the mound. Hopefully, it's, it's here. If not in here, so maybe somewhere else. But I prefer I prefer the Cubs. Well, wait. I mean, we're gonna have Jet up here in a in a minute or two. David Ross is gonna come by. Just just tell him you want a job. 
I mean, you tell them. Hopefully, we will. <laughs> we got you. Hopefully, man. they're watching this interview. And mm -hmm. uh, now I know why you smell so good. Yeah, I, I <laughs> trying to yeah, impress. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something that they can just maybe bring me to a sprint training and compete. I don't. I'm not asking for more. Oh. Compete, and then if you see I can help, so just give me a chance. So Pedro Strope with us, Parkinson Spiegel on the score with Mark Grody in for Spiegs. So my, uh, my normal co-host, who's not here today, he actually just got back from a trip to the Dominican Republic. And he is obsessed with baseball. And he went to a game. He, went, he saw uh, an Aguilas game, I believe. He went, your eyes lit up, okay. And he was blown away. He said it was amazing. The atmosphere was, was incredible. And I wonder... You know, they're cheering, there's music, it's loud. It, it sounded like it was so fun. How do we get the atmosphere of baseball in the Dominican Republic? How do we get that to, to the major leagues? How do we get, make that happen? Man, um, <clears throat> I got to explain this because I remember in uh, 2013 when uh, Dominican, I was part of the team when we won the, the World Baseball Classic. A lot of people were saying a lot of uh, the way we were jumping over the, in the dugout, jumping over it, getting in the fields, giving high fives like crazy. So people that don't know our culture, the way we grow up playing baseball, but was, was seeing this as a negative stuff. But I was playing, I listen, that's the way we learn the game. And we came to the United States and played the game here. Now we learned that, okay, you're not, you're not doing it that way. We're doing it in the way it's supposed to be, you know, respectful. But um, we were playing for Dominican at that time, so we gotta, we got to be Dominican. So I think this is the, the same thing in the Aguilas, and uh, especially when they play Aguilas and Lisey. Yeah. So the, it's, it's just like when you see a game, Chicago Cubs against the Cardinals. The same thing, like the adrenaline, everybody just, like, like pumped up, everybody just cheering to their team. So it's really fun. Dominican is loud. <laughs> it is loud. And, you know, I, when I watch international baseball, it just seems more fun. Like, it, 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 like even then, Cubs Cardinals. And I'm a Cubs fan, born north side of Chicago. Cubs my favorite team. But, like, you guys just do it better. It is, it is just more fun. And I feel like if, they, if we injected, you know, music and bands and you know chants like you see in soccer or whatever I, I i feel like big league baseball players would adjust or do you think that baseball in america is too i don't know conservative or stuffy or do, do, you, do you think it could work yeah like i see the the <clears throat> mlb just trying to the to make the game quicker which, yeah which i think it should be a different way just maybe spend more time putting some more shows like the like the basketball, basketball, basketball games, they put shows during the during the game, looking the timeouts. Oh, I see. And, so and, more, and, more entertainment yeah, during more, the stoppages. More in, exactly, more entertainment for the for the fans because it's all about the fans. We 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 playing for them, so I think they should do more stuff like that. Maybe a band during an inning, something. Just so you, create you, something. Do you? I'm guessing you don't like the pitch clock then. What do you? No, yeah. I don't like the pitch clock, especially. For like relievers, we we gotta we gotta take our time, especially when thing is not going on your way. You gotta walk around, breathe, try to get your your tempo, try to get your rhythm again. So now with the pitch clock, everything just quick. 
So that that time to kind of regenerate yourself when you're walking around, like that really is crucial. So are there going to be relievers that are going to so we, so fail we, this year because of that? I mean. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, yeah. to be honest, like I'm not, I'm not about, they're changing the game. I mean, it's too much. Let's just play the game the way we, we grow up watching it and we, work, we grow up playing it. Like, I think there's, they're putting too much stuff, but, I mean, it is what it is. Also, we've got to adjust to the new generations. And uh, if we have to adjust, we're going to do it also. But I think they're doing too much. <laughs> Pe Pedro, how when – I, when I knew you were coming on, and I was looking up the numbers, and it's like, okay, you have the – the most holds of any Cubs reliever ever, and the sixth most appearances of any Cub as a relief pitcher. How did you, how did you stay so consistent? What, what was the key? Because most relief pitchers, they maybe, you know, they maybe had more saves, or maybe they had a better number than you, but they would not be. Then they would fall off, and they would be. They maybe were better for a year or two, but then in years three, four, and five, they were bad. How were you so consistent for so long? Yeah, man. I remember that um, my first couple of years in the big league, it was really I was really inconsistent. It was like up and down, up and down. I I, I couldn't be the same guy that I was in AAA. I couldn't be the, the same guy in, in the big league. And then I remember playing against the Yankees as uh, Mariano Rivera. And one time I was like, hey, ask the same question that you just yeah. asked me. Like, how can you be that so consistent? Like, what should you do? And he told me, man, you, you just need to work on, on a routine that works for you. You know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to do my routine because my works for me. So you better find yours. And then I start building up my routine to, to a point that it was a day that I didn't execute my routine. And I went to the mound literally shaking wow. like, because wow. I felt that I, I, didn't, I didn't make my routine. So... I think that routine may consistence. What an unbelievable guy to get advice from. <laughs> I'm going to say the best. The best ever. The best ever. <laughs> I, I remember my favorite, one of my favorite Pedro Strope's moments was, I believe, in 2016. Joe Madden was using the heck out of you, and he kept telling us, the media, every day, I got to get Pedro a day off. I got to get Pedro a day off. I, I prom and, then, and then he wouldn't. And he's like, I got. And then finally, you show up at your locker. And there's a little swimming pool with sand in it and like some Bahama. Do you remember that? And, and what was it like playing for Joe Madden? Yeah, man. I remember that day like right now. It was like two days in a row. I came to the field feeling like, okay, maybe I'm getting a day off today. And then Joe just asked me, hey, man, can you, I think I need you tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think you could be available? I was like, guess what? Yes, I'll do it. <laughs> so next day I came up again like, that's definitely two days off. I came to the field and I was like, <laughs> how do you feel? I was like, eh, I'm a little sore. You think you can pitch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, I, went in, I went in there, I think, four, four days in a row. I remember. And then that five day, I came on the field and said, listen, Joe, don't even ask me. <laughs> I'm not going to pitch. <laughs> That's amazing. But then, but then I walked to my locker and I saw the... There's a little saw, kiddie pool. Yeah, yeah, I saw a couple of presidentes. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, hey, don't even put your spikes on. Just tennis shoes and enjoy your day off. So I, I was funny. Joe was a fun guy to, to play with. 
he, you know, he'll do weird stuff that usually like, what is he doing? Then <laughs> why is there an animal on it? Why, why is there a lamb? Somehow, <laughs> somehow works for him, but he was really fun, really um, positive and everything, and I really liked the play for him. Give Pedro Strope a round of applause, everybody. Oh, yeah. One of the best relief pitchers we've seen in recent Cubs history. Pedro, thank you so much for coming out, man. We appreciate Thanks, you coming man, on the guys. show. Thanks, man. That's Pedro Strope. We're going to break, and then we'll come back with Jed Hoyer, followed by uh, David Ross. Mark Rohde in for Spiegs. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Jed's in charge. I'm going on a bender. I will say, whoever my GM is, I'm going to make them sit at that podium and not get any questions asked of them, because I think that's, that's an important uh, important part of their humility. I can't tell you how many times Steve would make fun of me after his press conferences, you know, for my, my potted plant impression. Deep drive to left center field. That ball is back near the fence and long gone. Dansby Swanson's first home run of the year, and it was not a cheapie. Everyone wants to win. Every team, you know, has a philosophy to want to win, and, you know, everyone desires to win. And a lot of teams, you can tell, just kind of say that. Uh, but after having multiple conversations and, you know, a pretty long phone call with, with Carter, really got the gist of, that what it actually means to this organization and this city to win. Uh, and I felt that was something I wanted to be a part of. It really just started to feel like a, you know, a match made in heaven. We're back with more of the Parkinson Spiegel Show, live at the 2023 Cubs Convention on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Wow. <laughs> it is. That's too loud? Well, we can turn it down for you. Came in hot. It came in a little hot. Jed Hoyer with us here, Parkins and Spiegel with Mark Grody in at Cubs Convention. You're a busy man this time of year. Yeah, it's been a been a busy week. We had uh, 240 employees in on uh, on Wednesday, Thursday for uh, org meetings, and then we got Cubs convention this week, and we got arbitration laid into it and free agency. So it's uh, it's been a good time. Yeah, in, in that four minute commercial break, I think you took f- like four pictures, signed ten <laughs> autographs, took a phone call, and had conversations with Grody on your left and me on your right. <laughs> Multitasking. I was super embarrassed. So my uh, my five year old, uh, I came home from. Uh, a dinner last night. I came home and he had one of those things you do in kindergarten. He says, you know, my, my dad's name is Jed. Yeah. He is 49 years old. His hair is gray. I love that <laughs> one. But um, he, he said, for fun, he says, he likes to make phone calls. Oh, no. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to hear about that one at some point. <laughs> yeah. When you're paying for therapy. Actually, yeah, exactly. actually yeah. the, the last time I saw you was at a Bears game. Yeah, on, on the side. I think was it the Bears Washington game? Bears Commanders Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah. yes. That was so fun. you were on the sideline like a little kid with your phone, just it. just getting your fantasy team put together that mm-hmm. night. Those so that was one of the things that you got to do earlier this year. Those guys are big dudes. Yeah, it was <laughs> fun. yeah. I know. I've gotten to know Ryan Poles a little bit. Okay. And, uh, he actually was fun. He had me and Carter at the game. He hit the Bulls guys at the game, and uh, we, had a, we had a great night. It was really fun. How the fantasy team turned out? We always talk football and gambling. Yeah, so I um, I had one league. I finished dead last. That was my office league. Um, <laughs> good. I won a league. I uh, and finished second in a league. So all right, pretty good actually. Well, pretty solid. Yeah, well, we'll get you in the playoff pool uh, at some point. You're always generous enough. He, he, like he's oh, he's come on the Super Bowl pick segment like four years in a row on the show. All right. He calls in 60 seconds, gives us a pick uh, ahead of the game. But we had uh, you know so Tom Ricketts is on the station this morning, yep. and uh, I always say it's like he he's, he'll he'll set the tone, and he's like. We're going to win. Uh, you know, the goal is to win the division. It's fun to come into a thing like this with expectations. I know you're going to answer this question a million times, but you have always been cool with having expectations, right? And you guys are a product of what you guys did from 2015 to, to 19. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, 20. What you, that's what you want, right? Ultimately, you want people to come to the ballpark every night thinking you're going to win. You want those expectations. I always say that the most fun summers I've ever had were 03 and 15 because you sort of had lower expectations. We won, you know, tons of games, went to, went to the CS in both years. But I do think every year you go into the season, you want to have expectations of winning. Um, there are building processes in these jobs. We know that. But let's face it, when we're in those processes, um, that's the part of that you miss. You miss that, that competition every night. You miss um, going into the season with high expectations. And I'm excited. I'm excited by the season. I'm excited that everyone in this, in these, this rooms are excited about it. I thought he was pretty candid. He was like, our, path, our best path to the playoffs might be the division. There's a lot of really good teams in, in, the, in the NL East. Like, you guys gotta, can't shy away from reality. No, I mean, the National League, it's, you know, the, the money, a lot of the money spent this winter has been in, in the National League. And, yeah. You know, you got, uh, you know, three teams with, with some bit, pretty big payrolls, pretty good teams in the East, and, you know, two really, uh, you know, aggressive teams in the West. And, uh, yeah, you, you mean, that's reality, right? I, I always think that it's, you want to have optimism. Optimism's great, but you have to be a realist as well and, and look at, you know, look at projections and, lo and look at where you are. And I think that's important. But um, all that said, I think that, you know, the group that we, we put together, I think we're going to compete. I think that, um, you know, I'm excited about the way we finished, and I'm excited the way the offseason's gone. You mentioned 2015, and that, that was a terrific year of just discovering what the organization could be. Is it possible that this year you can go into it looking like that, where you're not necessarily expecting? I don't think you guys expected to go to the NLCS in 2015, but guys kept coming up from the minors, and they kept on producing. Is there that wild card in your back pocket this year that some of the young guys who we talk about and maybe that we don't even talk about could make a difference on the major league roster this year? That's what you hope. I mean, I do think the difference between 15 and this year is that 15, we knew, like, those guys are kind of, like, at the border, on the so come. to speak, yeah. and we yeah. knew that. I think the difference is this year um, we probably have to be surprised by a few of those things a little more. Um, but listen, like, you know, I mean, John Lester has told the story a million times. Like, when we met with John Lester to sell him on coming here, it was, hey, I think we'll be a, a solid, you know, just over 500 team this year. And after and 16 and beyond, we're going to take off. We didn't expect to, to win 97 that year. I mean, when Miguel Montero started the we are good thing, we were almost surprised. My like, favorite Cubs slogan of my life, by the way. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. It was incredible. Organic. It was, it was organic. Yeah. And for the pessimistic Cubs fan, it was so reassuring. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. And, and in my experience, all those, those movements, so to speak, they all are player driven. Yeah. Right? They're like, he was like, no, we're a good team. Like, let's not shy away from the fact that we're a good team. Yeah. And, and this offseason, you see, you give out nearly 300 million in, uh, in outlay, guaranteed contracts, and all of that. And with that comes the expectation that we, that we just talked about. Tom also said that Dansby was the top shortstop target all along. Is that true? Well, I mean, we, listen, we, we, we talked about, we, we went and we met with three of the four. Uh, clearly, there was a great class. And, you know, I mean, honestly, every one of those guys would have made us a better team. Um, I think when we looked at the class and thought about, you know, where we were, where we're going in the future, what we want to create, it was really clear that he was the, the right fit, the right guy. Um, but that's not taking anything away from those guys as players. I mean, certainly they're great players, but we sort of felt like he was the exact right fit. We loved the leadership. We, we knew he, you know, he had a real desire to be here and, to, and to, to lead a young movement, I think, so to speak. And uh, that was really appealing. Did, so you mentioned the, the money that's being spent. The Correa thing is weird, and I know he's on another team. Did it come down into a point where you considered it? 
ever. Like the, I mean, he was the guy signed like nine hundred million dollars worth of contracts in, in ten days. Did it, did it ever come down to a point that that, that you considered reengaging? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just say this: like, I, you know, did I reach out and make the phone call? Yes. I wouldn't discuss what we talked about, sure. but um, yeah, what a weird situation. I, I don't think we'll ever see something like that again, where three different teams, you know, um, each of them a surprise in their own right. Yeah, you know? and um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll see that again. I hope we don't see it again. And you know, one of the weird things for us in these processes is that when you're talking about medical information, you know, you're the, all the HIPAA regulations. The team is really, you know, I would say stuck, but you can't really comment. So, in a way, uh, the amount of misinformation that happens during these processes or, or lack of information causes a lot of rumors. And so, I, I think that when it when when these things happen or involving medical stuff, it's really awkward for everybody. That makes sense. We're talking to Jed Hoyer, Parkinson Spiegel here on the score. So the team seems built to be a very good defensive team. You've got a ton of depth. Uh, at, at pitching. The organization seems very healthy uh, with prospect rankings and pitching infrastructure and development. Is there enough high-end talent, superstar talent, power talent? I mean, listen, I think that um, I think that's a valid question. Do we have enough power? I think that's a, a question. I think, do, you know, is there you, know, you talk about stars, and I think that sometimes you need uh, you know, stars to emerge. You know, and um, you know, some players you don't expect that can end up having four, five, six win seasons. Yeah. Um, but no, I think we have a lot of really good players. I think we're going to play really good defense. I think we'll be fundamentally very sound, run the base as well. Um, but yeah, I, I understand that concern. And uh, kind of going back to the 15 comment, I think that there was a, a sense in 15 that we had, you know, guys were about to be stars on the horizon. And you know, I think we have to develop those guys. Well, you, you've got guys that you hope to emerge, and then maybe guys to, to re-emerge, like Cody Bellinger, because we know exactly what he's like when he's on. Jamison Tyone, for the matter. How important are those guys to the roster and maybe getting them back to where they once were? Yeah. I mean, so on that note, we, we always talk about when you look at teams that win, inevitably players have career years. I mean, that's just a fact, right? Like yeah. no, no team surprises or no team wins 95 games and a bunch of guys have like their 50th percentile outcome like you have to have guys that exceed i mean i use the cardinals as an example like you know goldschmidt and Arenado are great players but even last year they had like their best seasons right and so i do think that um it's important to think about that like we're gonna need, if we're gonna be good we're gonna need some players to do things they haven't done uh, i think bellinger's case you hope he does what he did yeah. right yeah. um yeah. and certainly having those guys uh, you know emerge or re-emerge is really important Given how many arms it seems like you guys have, how unconventional are you prepared to be? Yeah, you know, Ross and I talked about it this morning for a while. Um, I thought I thought the end of the season was really uh, good for him in a way where he had to mix and match it. You know, I mean, we traded you know, we traded a bunch of relievers at the deadline, and we actually had a good bullpen in the second half. But he was forced to do things differently. Like he didn't have just like turn it over to Kimbrel in the ninth, turn it over to Robertson in the ninth. He had to, to mix and match. Yeah. And, and I think that's great. I think having to think through those matchups and think about different ways to use guys. And I'm not sure we're going to have a, a conventional bullpen. So I think being able to think unconventional with, un unconventionally with a lot of really good arms, but it's not the normal you know, setup. So like, what does that mean for a fan that would want to kind of not know like str strategy, but like, are you talking openers? Are you talking six-man rotation? Are you talking bullpen games every now and then? Like, what, what, what does that mean? I think, I mean... I think probably mostly talking like multi-inning relievers. Multi-inning relievers. You know, I think that's probably more likely. I think that, um, who knows, we could think about doing things like openers or things like that. But ultimately, 
the way I've kind of thought about it is we have a lot of multi-inning weapons. Okay. And I think we can, we can use them in, in that way. And, I mean, last year we didn't, we forget, like, we were, at, we were still at 14, pitcher, uh, 14 pitchers for a lot of the year. It's going to be 13 and 13 this year, which is going to force some of that, right? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Speaking of Rossi, what, what happens in the office when the list comes out and he's the fourth handsomest manager in baseball? I told him he was overrated. <laughs> told him he was overrated. <laughs> yeah. Well, and is there a GM list? Yeah. Or a president list? So in my younger days, I did pretty well on that. And, like, I'm, I'm terrified for that list to come out now because I, <laughs> I've definitely gotten passed in the rankings. So it's, uh, that's going to be, that's gonna be, the, you gonna be humbling. Were you ahead of Theo back then? Who, who was considered the better-looking executive? <laughs> you of say course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes, that I, I actually sense. think the, the silver gray hair <laughs> looks good on you. Not everybody wears it well. And executives look good with the gray hair. So... Thumbs up. Know. You got. I would rank you high, Jeff. That's the silver yeah. lining. Yeah, the silver oh lining. Oh my god. There That's it is. But um, <laughs> that is. What's the weirdest thing you've signed at one of these? <laughs> um, Have you signed a breast? Not here. Not, not here. Not, <laughs> not here. That was Cabo. <laughs> okay. Last week. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, no, I was gonna say. You know, it's um, it's fun. This is fun. You know, and um, I'm glad there's optimism in the room. But you know, being here, I mean, this. It's what the Cubs are, right? I think that um, I spent two years. I was in Boston forever. Great fan base. Uh, I spent two years in San Diego. You know, I always joke that we could have had this Cubs convention. We could have had Padres convention in, like, the dugout. You <laughs> yeah. know? And, and so, you, you know, coming here again, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, we have so many fans, and, it's, and they're so rabid, and they care so much. And I always feel like there's a nice mix here of like, alumni, new players. Um, it's a good indoctrination for the new guys the happiest place on earth for three days That's everybody's right. happy everybody's smiling even everybody the players gms everybody's in a good mood at these things well, right? we're not we're not outside we're not outside and we're not asking you about a game <laughs> it, it, it makes it a lot yeah, easier yeah. jed thank you so much for giving us some time stopping by we'll uh, we'll call we, you know we'll call you on the the friday before the super bowl like we do every year but but ahead of the playoffs how you feeling what's uh what's what's your lean right now you got a super bowl pick for us Bears. Not the Bears, Mark. Sorry, I don't have a great one. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see if the if the Bills can ride the emotion. Yeah. You know, I thought they, I thought they were the best team last year. They just kind of screwed up the last twenty seconds of that game. You know, I thought they were the best team last year. So I don't know. It feels like this is a cop out. It feels like you know Niners or or Eagles on one side. Yep. And it feels like sort of three teams on the in the AFC, but. Yeah, that is a cop out. You just named the top five teams. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Bengals win the Super Bowl. How's that? All right, that's that's much better. And, and are you a Justin Fields believer? I am. Say yes. I mean, I think you have to build an offense that's different. I mean, I think when you look at what the Ravens have done, you know, they built everything around Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And it's been really effective when he's when he's right and healthy. I think they're a really good team. I think that like, I, I, you you can't build a, a an offense around Justin Fields. It's conventional. But I mean, some of the things he did on the field are just otherworldly i mean he's such an incredible athlete and and obviously really tough as well so i mean listen i thought i mean i have total confidence in ryan i mean i think that they have you know this incredible currency now with the number one pick i think they're gonna do some pretty special things with that and i mean i think that really like that really kickstarts what they're trying to do and they have the most cap room so. you would i mean that's the gm's dream right oh my god i mean we were talking i mean it's gonna take some time but like having that much draft currency that much you know cap room you know, I think in the NFL it can happen quickly. Jed Hoyer, everybody. It's the Thank president of the Cubs. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jed. We'll talk soon. Thanks, See you soon. David Ross should be coming by here in a matter of minutes. The fourth 
handsomest manager in Major League Baseball coming up to the stage. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. And congratulations on Cody Bellinger. We've got breaking news. Nice. You guys are in the know. Like, <laughs> okay, well, okay. I can't say that. Got some action out there. Looks like Laz Diaz and David Ross arguing. Not sure about what. If it was balls and strikes, Ross, you might be gone already. You have to give credit to David Ross. He's done a hell of a job. But David Ross has been ejected from the game for the second time this year, making his thoughts known on Eric Backus's strike zone tonight. When you think about umpires, a lot of them are very tall. 5'7 is not the profile for a major league umpire. So many of them are over 6'2, 6'3. In some cases, like uh, Baker, 6'7, McCullen, 6'6. So as a short umpire, shorter umpire, it's tougher to see over catchers. I would love to, you know, stamp them all guaranteed, right? Like I can, you know, the old Tommy Boy line, I can, you know what, in a box, mark a guarantee, but you're getting, it's a guaranteed piece of but, um, yeah. Next thing you know, there's money missing off the dresser and your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it a hundred times. We're back with more of the Parkinson Spiegel Show, live at the 2023 Cubs Convention on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. And we are joined now by the manager of the Chicago Cubs. Give it up for David Ross, everybody. The fourth handsomest manager in all of major league baseball oh man i don't know what um who was putting that list together i don't but either yeah I, I definitely went out to the coaching staff to make sure they knew uh knew where, sure. I, where, where i was placed you know well we, i just had jed on and uh he said he told you that you were overrated well i that's fine that's the story of my life it's all right it's all right it's, just, it's, it's about proving people wrong anyway so uh you know, happy for Buck. You know, the the I think the silver, you know, the silver in the hair and the beard must have played through a little bit. Rob Thompson, yeah, uh, a little bit older. Tori Lavello starting to starting to get some gray in there. He's a handsome man, you know. And you know the three that are ahead of you. Yeah, well, we I, well I analyzed it really quick. I was just happy I beat Tito. Tito's five, so he's been around a long time. <laughs> Another uh, uh, no hair guy with a uh, great reputation. So uh, yeah, I don't know what what that means, but um, whatever. It's a, it's good fun and. All my coaches asked me to give me a hard time, so I was in front office. Yeah, and now you've got bragging rights over 26 other guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, ra I'd rather have that in the win column. Yeah, of course. Well, that's that's the hey, that's the goal starting this year, right? The, the goal the goal seems to be Tom Ricketts. He came on the station this morning. And he was like, yeah, the expectation is the playoffs in the division. And just from talking to Cubs fans as I was walking around earlier, it hasn't been that long since there's been an opening day with expectations. But I assume you're a competitive guy. You can't wait for there to be expectations from day one. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we had 2020 when I first took this job. Yep. There was just tons of expectations from a group that it was proven. And uh, that was just a weird year, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. That was uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe 2020, to be honest with you. But um, I think the before when things started and, and when we opened in spring training in 2020, though, the expectations we had, the Bryants, the yep. Rizzo's, the Schwarbers. I mean, we had the Lester's, the horses. And, um, you know, it's nice to have that. It's nice to have. Um, uh, an energy, a sense of uh, determination, the way these guys are working already, the reports you get, the things you hear, uh, seeing these guys at this convention is always fun. If not, you don't get to connect with them. So just talking, seeing them face-to-face, -face, um, asking about their off-season, uh, starting to go through just how spring training is going to look, all the fun stuff that uh, we talk about when things get going. But uh, it's really nice to be here, and, and, it, and I think everybody's starting to get really excited about the season. So what are your expectations? You know, I don't. I don't. I'm probably the guy that doesn't put a lot of expectations. My my 
my vision is to get in and work and get better every single day. Um, you know, my expectation is we're going to compete in a lot of uh, areas this year. I think we're going to be really good when pitching and defense. I think we're going to be sneaky, uh, a better ball club offensively than people are giving us credit for already. I think there's still pieces to be had that we'll, we'll still add to the roster. And guys are taking step forward. Guys that are getting healthy. Uh, names that aren't mentioned that are that are coming and are going to help us uh, throughout this season is um, is really promising. Especially we start to see some of these faces around here. Can you give me a name or two that people like me are not mentioning that you're uh, like, you know what, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, op I'm optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if uh, Adbert Azale is talked about enough. I don't know if Cody Hoyer is, is mentioned much. I don't know um, if Brendan Davis and some of the minor league farm system, these guys that are coming that you see and, and I get reports on. And, um, you know, they still have to continue to, to move forward. But there is a world where in which some guys take step forwards that really help our ball club this year that are younger and not on the radar and that happened last year um, you know usually cub steps on the scene and and was dominant for us and right. really important piece so like that guy's in our organization we just don't know who he is or maybe two of those guys are in our organization we don't know christopher morrell was not on the map last year and and look what he was able to do so a uh, couple that the young guys are coming with veteran leadership the hosmer stuff that uh pick up is great uh cody bellinger's working his tail off i mean there's rings all over the place obviously dansby uh gets a lot of love and and what he's going to bring the leadership but there, there's there's gold gloves there's rings there's championship caliber veterans and and um you know we call dansby a veteran you know he's, he's not even 30 so like you know we get get that uh those group of guys that are going to influence this young guy coming up nico's going to stay take a step forward i think say is going to be better um just a lot to to look forward to David Ross with us here on the score. You said the offense is going to be better than people expect because it, it's true. You look at the organization, it's pretty easy to see the pitching depth. That's pretty obvious. It's pretty easy to see the very high ceiling defensively. You guys were 17th in homers last year, but there wasn't a ton of obvious power added. So, and I know there's other ways to score than hitting home runs, but it sure. is the easiest way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what gives you, I know you just mentioned some guys, but maybe more specifically or granularly, like, what do you think the why do you think the offense will be better than people like me are maybe looking at it on paper i think it's deeper i deeper. think it's deeper right the length in which like when you're batting when when patrick wisdom's trying to carry you in the four hole you know i don't know how deep you're going to be but when he starts pushing down if things map out and he's down towards the bottom of the lineup you know i compare him a lot to like an adam duvall who's got real thump and a, a good defensive player yep. i think that's there, there's more depth there than people are giving it credit for we've got quality of bat after quality of bat after quality of bat in my opinion uh, if guys get back to what they do best. I think Ian Happ is, was probably one of our more consistent players last year. That hasn't been the case for him in the past. He's proven some things for us and will fit towards the top of that of that lineup. Cody, obviously. Uh, I think Saya, Saya went through a transition period in the middle of the season last year, dealing with some injuries, but also dealing with um, cultural adjustment. Cultural, uh, yeah, like time, you know, all the stuff that goes into Major League Baseball and, and, and time zone changes and travel and, uh, you know, not a lot of days off like they have in Japan, but also just getting to know the league. The more he got to know the league, the way they pitched him, the better he was. So when you talk about all of that and there's ex expectations and the team should be better, that gets people uh, very excited. And then I think about the team and how your job is maybe going to change. You guys have a lot of pitchers. And I was just talking to Jed, you got a lot of like multi-inning guys. And there is a relationship nowadays between your job and the front office, and you guys all work together. Um, how unconventional is your job going to be given the sheer volume of quality arms 
you have to work with? Well, I, I think the, for the first time since I've been here, even as a player, there's more depth, in the, like you've mentioned already, in the pitching department. So um, you're going to have guys in AAA waiting for their opportunity for either a guy that needs a break or somebody gets banged up or um, you know some things get, you know things don't go some, somebody's way. You're going to have somebody to, to go to. We didn't have that last year, and it showed really early with all the injuries we yeah. had with Smiley and Tro and um, you know Wade all those guys uh, getting banged up. So being able to have somebody waiting down there and pitching and working still on their craft, but if something goes wrong, we'll have that. I think as far as the bullpen goes, uh, I don't think we're still finished in that area, but it, it will be a little unconventional. But I think every year we've adjusted, uh, like when my, you know, one of my first years when Kimbrell kind of got off track and we went to uh, uh, J.J. and um, you know, he ended up closing out some games with us while while Craig worked back. And uh, Keegan Thompson was a huge piece for us last year in bridging the gap and giving us a reset on some of those guys we would use for four days, and we could just let him go two to three innings and even close out games. Um, it's going to be different. I remember looking into you know you look back at the end of last year, and you know Mark Leiter got three saves for us because of how we yeah. ended up mapping things out. He's ninety one with the splits. Like it's not overpowering stuff, but. We got there with some unconventional ways, and we get to the ninth, and, and he closes it out for, for three Ws for us. So um, I think you look at the roster when you get it and who's pitching well, and you constantly adjust that and what's working. Um, we may bridge it sometimes in multiple innings, or uh, we may not. I, it, it's just about who's available, who's sore. It's a, it's a very much day-to-day -day, um, -day, uh, kind of piece uh, puzzle we put together. Well, Rossi, thank you so much for coming by. you got a huge crowd here uh, looking at you. It's a big, fun weekend, Cubs convention. Uh, we'll be talking to you, I'm sure, all season on the score. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Arizona. I look forward to it. And, wait, by the way, one last thing. What do you think about Speegs not showing up today, Matt? What do you think about that? It's absolute garbage. <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Right? You show, well, you post. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. I don't, if, I get, if I have the sniffles, I don't get a day off. That's exactly right. All right. got to go, but we had to get that in. Thank you. That's David Ross. you got to go. You're being whisked away. We Appreciate it. I think Dansby Swanson's going to be coming by. Rossi, appreciate you, man. That's David Ross with us, Parkins and Spiegel on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.